0: Healing to a little boy whose knee was scraped or emotions were hurt, or uh, a little boy who was frustrated, or a little boy who was disappointed. How many times did they do things right? And it can be really easy to forget uh, who the source of some of these blessings and provision and joy and healing and comfort comes from, can't it? And, and at times, uh, I think it'd be easy to feel like, man, my, my parents failed me here, or they failed me there. Uh, and maybe for some of you, that may be very true for you. Maybe maybe you can't think of a time, uh, or you didn't have a good relationship with your parents, and that's a point of great tension for you. Or maybe you feel like you have adult children that are continually letting you down, and continually disappointing you. I mean, you guys can have children that aren't not, not adults that are doing that as well. But I think that as your children get older, uh, there's probably a sense of, I have a picture of what I want for you. And when you're out and aren't accomplishing that, maybe that can create some tension, right? Uh, I know for me that when I came out of the closet, uh, my mom had to take years to grieve the reality of what the world she had thought she would have, that her son would have. Uh, of of, of uh, uh. in her mind, I think that I always had to ask the question: What does it mean to you, mom, for me to be gay? And I think her idea was that I was going to be. Uh, down in Boys Town, um, with my shirt off, running around all the time, blowing glitter in people's faces. <laughs> and if that's you, awesome. Uh, but that wasn't me, and that wasn't the world that I was planning to to walk into. And so, you know, when I I think the one of the best things advice I ever give people when they decide to come out is I always say, when you come out, ask the person you come out to now, what do you think gay means? Have them describe that to you. Because oftentimes it's probably not at all uh, what you're wanting to experience or what who you are who you are experiencing to be in yourself. and, and then so being able to redefine those things. But failure can often happen around what we what, what we think we're going to be, who we think we're going to be, who we think other people should be, what we want them to be, and then experiencing the absence of that, right? And so we're going to kind of dive into to both so some of that today, but primarily what I want us to look at in this passage is. Uh, I'm going to preach a style that I used to do back in the day, which is called an exegetical preaching, which is verse by verse. Uh, And I don't know if some of you, how many of you have ever heard a preacher do verse by verse before? One, two, three. Okay, a few of you. Good. So that's how we're going to do it. We're a little little different today. We'll start in the very first verse that was read in this passage today, which was Luke chapter 17, beginning in verse 11. It says, on the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along to Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten leopards, catch this, this is what I want you to catch, who stood at a distance. Who stood at a distance. There was a reason they stood at a distance. Uh, In Leviticus uh, chapter 13, it tells that lepers are supposed to do a few things if they come down with this awful disease. Now let me also just describe to you what what leprosy is. Uh, Leprosy is, usually you can get it, And you don't even know you have it for 5 to 20 years before symptoms start showing. And when the symptoms start showing, oftentimes you may not even realize it because what happens is you start losing feeling in certain parts of your body. And so when something hurts there or there's an infection or a cut or anything inside your body goes wrong, you don't even know because you don't have feeling there. And so, you know, if you were like, oh, I have a pain in my certain part of my body, I need to go to the doctor and get that checked out. I don't know what's going on in there. You wouldn't have that. You wouldn't have any indications of what's happening, and sometimes what would often happen is that if something went unattended, protect, particularly un, an infected wound, you'd just start to that limb would start to rot and it would fall off. You would lose feeling in your body. This was a, this was just a really terrible disease. You'd also oftentimes it's said to have lost eyesight and you would be very weak. Now, somebody who had leprosy, we now know that the way that it's contra- contracted is if If uh, I was to cough on you, or if uh, you were to get in contact with any of the fluids from my nose, and and those things touched you, and then, you know, you somehow uh, put that to your mouth or consumed it in some way, right? The same way that that most diseases (laughs) are spread. But with this particular group, what they were told was they were supposed to do these things. If you had leprosy, you were to wear torn clothes all the time. You were to let your hair on your head hang loose. This is all in Leviticus chapter 13. You were to cover your upper lip. You were to cry out anytime you were amongst other people who weren't the other lepers. Unclean, unclean. Could you imagine that? And the worst part, I think, of all is that you couldn't live in the community. You had to live on the outskirts, out by yourself. You couldn't live with people. And so they excommunicated you even from the community. I think for some of us, we experience failure not as something we do or that we even deserve, but as something the world has made us feel we are. I think the world often can make it really difficult for some people to succeed. And the world can also paint a narrative that you're a failure just because of who you are or because of the family you grew up in or the disposition you have or the lack of education you experience or the, your 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 spectrum on the ability of ableism, the world can paint a picture of this is what failure is, and if you don't fit into this box, then you're a failure, then you're on the outside, then you need to scream unclean, then you are pronounced to be useless, or a hazardous, or a problem. Failure oftentimes can feel like a setup, can it? I can imagine that these lepers felt like they were failures not because of anything they had done wrong but because they had just been deem- simply deemed as other as has-beens as throwaways as useless. You know, these lepers, uh, good chance they probably had normal healthy lives before they came down with this. Imagine these lepers had family members, probably children, job, a sense of security, a home, social status, but the minute that they got, they got diagnosed with leprosy, guess what? They lost all of it. The families couldn't touch them anymore, they couldn't pick up their kids, they couldn't go to work as usual, they couldn't go home to the home that they had built, heck, they couldn't even wear the same clothes they were supposed to be anymore, they were supposed to tear their clothes and grow off their hair in their head. They had lost all social connection. I can imagine how much like a failure they had felt. Yet they had not failed, had they? Had they done anything wrong to ask for this uh, sort of juxtapose of their social status, the loss of their jobs, their connections, their place in society? No, they, they did not. They didn't do anything to deserve this. and Not because they failed, but because the society made it impossible for them to succeed. I can think of people in our society today who this maybe be, this, this would fall, this group would identify with. Can you, but I, I have a list, but I just want to hear maybe if, if you can think of any people who maybe our society has deemed or treated like lepers. People in our society today who they have made it difficult for a particular group of people to succeed. Can you just shout out some names, some groups, some people? People who are undocumented. People who are undocumented. The homeless. People who have been to prison, People who have a record, absolutely. HIV positive? HIV positive folks, oh yeah. What else? ill. I'm sorry? Mentally the mentally Ill, Ill? Yes. Or those who are not deeble, deemed able? Impoverished neighborhoods. Impoverished neighborhoods. Yeah. What else? Transgender and non-binary people. Yeah, absolutely. And probably we, we could include in any, that anybody in the LGBTQ plus community. Anything else? The poor. Yeah. I think about women as well. And looking in this room, uh, it's about half of this room, over half this room, is probably women. And, and it's, to me, it's kind of, uh, for whatever reason, that didn't come up. But it's a reality that is a reality. That uh, in many ways, the systems of our culture and of our world has been set up to, women just have to work harder. And that in some ways, uh, they're set up to fail when compared to the plan and the ease that it could be for a male. The way our society has been set up expectations of what, what is a leader and, and, and what's the role of a woman. And then the redefining of these and then the readjusting of having to teach people that no, I don't fall into what you think I should be. These, these systems can be difficult and they can make us feel like failures, right? They can make us feel weak. They can make us feel inferior. But in reality, we're not. It's a system that's been set up that has made us feel that way. But we can't deny the fact that we feel that way. Continuing on in verse 13, when Jesus uh, encounters these individuals who have leprosies, leprosy, it says that they lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And is this not the cry of all the people in the group that we just, the names we just listed? Are they not all crying? Have mercy on me. Stop treating me like this. Stop making it so difficult for me. Have mercy on me. The cry of the lepers. It's funny, they don't, they don't, they don't scream out, heal me. And they don't sc- scream out, unclean, unclean, to Jesus. They scream, have mercy on us. Have mercy on me. I think they see that Jesus can see them differently. Verse 14 it says, When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. That Leviticus chapter 13 that I referenced, referenced earlier, that is where they are told that they're to go to, the, go to the priest. If they do have leprosy, the priest will check them out. And if he does declare that they have leprosy, then they are cast out outside of the community. And all these things that I told you they're supposed to do are forced upon them. And so now they have to go back and they have to show themselves, I'm healed now. Take away that pronouncement over me so that I can be restored back to the community. And so as they go to the priest to show themselves so that they can be restored back to the community, they're healed. I love this, that Jesus heals them. The society who made it difficult for these men to succeed would be overcome by a God who would transcend all of these things. You know, I can remember uh, when I was in middle school and when I was in high school, and I was just recently opening, going through my journals, and I was reading my journal entries. About, I, I and I, it's really fun to read through my drill wrench. I had the biggest crush on my best friend, and I didn't even know it. I'd just be like, I don't know why he doesn't want to be my best friend like I'm his best friend. <laughs> he wants to spend more time with his girlfriend, than he wants to spend time with me. That seems weird. You should want us to be like, equal time. <laughs> God, so I was just so blind to everything, you know. And, and, and I'm reading through this, this, this these, these letters, and then I got to a point. When I said, this is just so hard, God, I wish you would heal me. And I I wish that you would just make me like all my other friends. And God, I want to be a pastor one day, but I can't be a pastor and be gay. Would you please, why would you call me to be a pastor and make me gay? Please just take this from me. And on some of the pieces of paper, there were water spots. And I remember those water spots because those were tears that dripped on the paper as I wrote them, begging God to change me. And I, and I now, uh, at 26, uh, have not been changed uh, as far as my sexuality goes. But I have been changed on how I view my sexuality. And I have been healed in the sense that I no longer feel an urgency to write those letters, and for tears to drip from my eyes as I ask God, have mercy on me. Because the setup that I'm gonna have in this world is gonna be a lot harder this way. And I know that when I told my mother I was gay, that was her biggest concern. So life is gonna be so hard for you, even if you accept it. People are gonna make it. I don't want you to have life hard. And I look at our story today, and I think about these individuals who were lepers, and and they absolutely needed physical healing, right? I mean, they were in physical pain. It wasn't like they just um, were born with some type of inability. They were in physical pain every day, right? And and there was this sense of limbs losing, and, and life was declining, and they were going to die sooner than most people. Because let's also remember that there isn't modern medicine. So if a limb falls off, it's not like they just know how to sew it back up and take care of you. Oftentimes, you would die from that. They were in need of deep healing. But so was the system, was it not? So was the system that made, them, made their life even harder. I mean, they had this physical ailment and this pain and this suffering... And and that was hard in itself, but then to have the system make it even more difficult for you and you really just feel like, hey, we're just gonna throw you on the outside of the skirts meal, we're gonna hope you just die quickly. Both things needing just as much healing, both things needing just as much intervention. Now, unlike me, the lepers did in fact have a sickness and surely wanted to be healed from their physical pain and social execution. But healing the minds and systems of the people in that society would not have truly brought full relief to these lepers alone. wouldn't have been just about healing the system for them. But it would have been about a bigger thing. And we see how this plays out then in verse 15. It says... Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turning back, praising God with a loud voice, verse 16, he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan, period. (laughs) Uh, I think he, he fell at Jesus' feet. I wonder if this was the first person he had touched in a long time. And how beautiful that Jesus would let him touch him. And the part of this passage that's included in there for a reason, it says, now he was a Samaritan, is not by mistake, church. Samaritans were the most hated people group of that time, particularly by the Jewish people. Another layer to the story, right? Of a group of people who just feel hopeless, The Samaritans were set up like they had failed because the society made it impossible for them to succeed because they said they were the rejects, they were the detestables, they were the foreigners, they were the people who shouldn't even be welcomed. So this poor guy, he's got leprosy and he's a Samaritan. I mean, he's got layer upon layer of rejection of feeling like he'll just never be anybody, he'll never go anywhere. He just feels probably so tied down. And He's the one, he's the one out of the nine that stays behind and says to Jesus, gosh, thank you. You know why I think he stayed and not the other nine? Because he really, really experienced not just the physical exclusion because of his sickness, but the social exclusion because of his race, because of his social and ethnical identity. And he stays and he falls at the feet of Jesus And this is what Jesus says in verse 17. Then Jesus answered, We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found return returning give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. We spent the majority of the message this morning focused on how our society can set certain sects of people up to fail per se, but certainly make it difficult or impossible for them to succeed at times. But our final moments together, I want us to take a look at how it must feel to succeed at doing something good, like healing the ten lepers and only seeing ten of them, I mean one out of the ten of them, return on your investment. For Jesus and his humanity, I could see why, why he would stop in this moment and maybe feel a little bit discouraged. That these, that these other men weren't appreciative of what had happened. But Jesus does not get so wrapped up in the moment that he can't appreciate this one man. He doesn't get so wrapped up in the discouragement or the failure of these other nine to return to say, hey, thank you that he can forget or doesn't acknowledge what God is doing in this one guy. And so here's the two lessons I want us to take away as we leave this place today. Whether you are experiencing failure because you have done something that has left you feeling like, wow, that was really dumb. Or you have done something or some, sorry, someone has done something to you and you go, wow, that just really disappointed me. I just can't believe you you did that to me and that's, that's not the expectations I had and that's not what I expected you to do and that just let me down and that just hurt and you. failed me, you didn't come through. Or whether that's because a system has been set up in such a way that has made you feel like a failure or that has literally set it up where you cannot succeed or it makes it more difficult for you to succeed. Wherever you lie, I believe we can learn two lessons from Jesus' response right here. The first one is that Jesus acknowledges the pain. Jesus calls it out. Jesus says, where are the nine? And I think it's so important that we, we acknowledge the pain that we're experiencing and whatever failure that looks form of form failure that looks like. And that we don't rush too fast beyond it. That we don't realize the impact that it has and that it can have. But then the second thing is that, gee, what Jesus does is he does take steps to move forward. Because so we can sit back here for so long, right? And we can just think, well, that just everything's stacked against me, or I've just made so many terrible choices, or that person just hurt me so badly, and I just, I, I just can never move forward. And I just, it'll never get any better. And if we stay in that place, we never really experience our healing. We've got to take those steps to the priest to get checked out and to be restored back into the community. We've got to take those steps to realize that, yeah, I made this choice, but, boy, if God can redeem Peter's choices, he can redeem mine. <laughs> and, boy, if, if, if Jesus can forgive uh, these many people as he, as he hangs on the cross and is killed and says, <laughs> Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. Can we not also forgive those who failed us who know not what they do because they've been selfish in that moment? And to me, that's what I think these nine lepers have done. As I bring a close, I invite the worship team to come. I, I think those nine lepers have done exactly that. These nine lepers are so consumed with what has happened for them and about themselves and what they now get to be able to experience to go back home and have again, that they don't even, they're not even thinking about the thanks to Jesus or the source by which this came to them. And oftentimes when people fail us or hurt us, it's not because they're not thinking about us. It's because they're, not, it's because they're thinking about themselves. And oftentimes when we fail, I think other people or fail ourselves, or maybe we feel like we failed God, it's oftentimes not because we're not thinking about other people or not thinking about God, it's because oftentimes we're just thinking about ourselves, what do we need or want in that moment. And so I think the important lessons for us to take away again are today are to acknowledge the pain of failure, whatever side that you may identify with that in. And the second thing is to always take steps to move forward, to grow in that in that. Whether that's fighting the system. Whether that's allowing God to use your failure for greater things or forgiving somebody who's let you down. Because I believe out of failure, healing comes. And I believe out of failure, new things come to life, new perspectives can be seen. That's what it means to fail boldly. It's to not let failure have the last word, but to let that moment of failure be a time of reflection. Or, time of courage to rise up and say, I'm going to fight this system. Or, time for me to say, oh, This is an opportunity for me to have an honest conversation with someone to let me down. And to restore a relationship and an expectation and to move forward. Amen? It's just the word of God for the people of God.